Welcome to the Daily History Podcast, where we unravel the threads of the past to understand the fabric of our world. Today, we're stepping back to a time when two superpowers stood on the precipice of nuclear war. Join us as we dissect the intricate events of the Cuban Missile Crisis and the shadow it casts on the world today. It was against the backdrop of an intensifying Cold War that the stage was set for one of history's most dangerous confrontations. In the wake of World War II, a new global conflict emerged, not on the battlefields, but in political ideologies and the quest for power. As the United States championed capitalism and the Soviet Union promoted communism, their rivalry created a world divided by iron curtains and nuclear arsenals. The years leading to the Cuban Missile Crisis saw several flashpoints increasing hostilities. The 1959 Soviet nuclear bomb test and the subsequent American U-2 incident, wherein a spy plane was shot down over Russia, the construction of the Berlin Wall in 1961, and the failed Bay of Pigs invasion, where the U.S. sought to overthrow Fidel Castro's regime in Cuba, all contributed to the mounting tensions. Each event further entrenched the superpowers in a standoff for global influence and control. Amidst this geopolitical high-stakes game, three key leaders emerged. President John F. Kennedy, young and charismatic, became the embodiment of American resolve. On the other side of the divide, Premier Nikita Khrushchev represented the Soviet challenge, a leader equally determined to expand his country's reach. And in the Caribbean, Fidel Castro emerged as the revolutionary leader whose alliance with the Soviet Union would bring the world to the precipice of nuclear conflict. Their strategic decisions, driven by ideology and national interest, would soon bring humanity face to face with the potential for unparalleled disaster. High above the azure waters of the Caribbean, American U-2 spy planes soared, their cameras peering down with vigilant eyes. It was on the 14th of October, 1962, that these silent sentinels captured photographic evidence that would send ripples through the highest levels of the United States government. Concealed amidst the dense foliage of Cuba, the unmistakable shapes of Soviet R-12 Davina medium-range ballistic missiles emerged. An iron curtain had descended not across Europe, but just 90 miles from the shores of Florida. The images, grainy yet grimly articulate, reached the hands of President John F. Kennedy two days later. The Oval Office, usually a stage for decisive leadership, became a crucible of contemplation and concern. Kennedy was faced with a decision of monumental consequence, how to respond to what appeared to be an overt threat to national security. His executive committee, a cadre of advisors later known as XCOM, convened in secrecy. Options were laid out like cards on a table, diplomatic protests, a full-scale invasion of Cuba, an airstrike to destroy the missiles, or a naval blockade to cut off further Soviet shipments. The atmosphere trembled with urgency. A wrong move could spiral into catastrophic warfare. The decision-making was complex, a high-wire act over a chasm of potential conflict. The U.S. needed to act, yet with enough caution to avoid pushing the Soviets into a retaliatory stance. Over several tension-filled days, Kennedy and his advisors weighed the situation. A naval quarantine of Cuba was determined to be the best initial action, a show of strength, yet not an overt act of war. This strategic maneuver, 
aimed to prevent any further military assets from being delivered to the island while signaling the seriousness of the American stance. Behind closed doors, the stage was set for a confrontation that the world would watch with bated breath. In the tense corridors of power during October 1962, the world was a stage for a harrowing drama featuring the United States and the Soviet Union in the Cuban Missile Crisis. As American reconnaissance flights confirmed the presence of Soviet ballistic missiles in Cuba, a mere 90 miles from Florida's shores, President John F. Kennedy faced one of the gravest decisions of the 20th century. On October 22nd, Kennedy decided on a naval blockade, or a quarantine, of Cuba. This bold move was to prevent further Soviet armaments from reaching the island. As ships loaded with nuclear warheads sailed towards the American blockade, the world watched, breath-baited, to see if confrontation would turn to cataclysm. Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev, faced with this direct challenge, had to make a choice, back down or break through. The gamble was immense. For 13 days, the public moves were played out on the global stage. The United Nations, newspapers, and the nightly news were the battlegrounds of rhetoric and resolution, while private communications between the U.S. and the Soviet Union sought a path to de-escalation. Every headline, every speech heightened the building tension, the silent thrum of anxiety that pulsed around the planet. In secret, Kennedy and Khrushchev engaged in urgent communication. The Soviet leader sent messages that were at times angry, at times pleading. The risk of nuclear war had become all too real, and people around the world felt the impending doom. Families gathered around their radios, listening for a flicker of hope amid the dire news reports. In capitals, from London to Beijing, in streets and in living rooms, the standoff was more than a power play. It was a test of wills with humanity's future hanging in the balance. The global anxiety was a shared experience, seeping through the Iron Curtain and past the borders of ideological divides. The wait was excruciating, but, as history tells us, neither side turned the anxious breath of the world into a final, catastrophic sigh. Both leaders eventually realized the path they were on would lead to mutual destruction, guiding them away from the precipice. The secret diplomacy that traversed oceans and ideologies offered a resolution that would slowly deflate the tension, allowing the world to eventually exhale. The air was electric with tension, a palpable claustrophobia that enveloped the globe as the events of late October 1962 unfolded. We were on the brink, staring into an abyss so dark that the very prospect of peering closer chilled the soul. It was during those 13 days that humanity teetered on the edge of utter destruction, each painstaking hour a testament to the terrifying dance of brinkmanship between two nuclear-armed superpowers. As the United States and the Soviet Union exchanged threats, the world watched, scarcely breathing. The U-2 spy plane images had revealed the undeniable. Soviet nuclear missiles were in Cuba, merely 90 miles from American shores. The response was immediate. An urgent meeting convened, President John F. Kennedy and his advisors pondered the dire options. Meanwhile, across the vast ocean, Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev anticipated a retaliation, the gravity of the situation practically tangible across miles of wired communication. 
October 27th laid claim to one of history's sharpest intakes of breath. A U-2 plane was shot down over Cuba. The pilot Major Rudolph Anderson Jr. lost to the cold expanse of the sky. This could have been the spark to ignite conflict, yet restraint prevailed. Kennedy resisted the clamor for immediate military action, searching instead for a more measured resolution, for the whisper of peace in a room filled with the clamor of war. It's worth pausing here to remark upon the lesser-known man who saved the world, Soviet submarine officer Vasily Arkhipov, who in a heated moment where nuclear torpedoes were nearly launched, stood firm against the tide and voted no. His conviction in the face of unparalleled pressure was a flicker of sanity in a world gone mad, enough to avert catastrophe on that fateful day. Behind the shroud of secrecy, diplomacy tentatively stretched out its hand. Robert Kennedy, the president's brother and attorney general, met clandestinely with Soviet ambassador Anatoly Dobrynin. The stakes were clear, remove missiles from Cuba without official humiliation, and the United States would later dismantle their Jupiter missiles in Turkey. It was a subtle yet momentous step back from the precipice, crafting a narrow path away from annihilation. This chess match of nuclear proportions, played out in secret bunkers and high-level backrooms, eventually led to a public accord. Khrushchev agreed to dismantle and remove the weapons from Cuba, quelling the fears of millions who knew not how close they had come to a different, bleaker dawn. And so, the world, having glimpsed into the void, breathed a collective sigh of relief, the immediate threat of apocalypse narrowly evaded by those who dared choose restraint over reckoning. As the world watched nervously, secret negotiations began to unfold, far from the public eye. It was October of 1962, and the fate of the world hinged on the secret missives exchanged between two superpowers. Behind the veil of hostility, President John F. Kennedy and Premier Nikita Khrushchev initiated a delicate dance of diplomacy aimed at de-escalating the most dangerous crisis of the Cold War. Kennedy, acting on a suggestion from his brother, Attorney General Robert Kennedy, offered a trade through a covert channel. The United States would quietly remove its Jupiter missiles from Turkey, which directly threatened the Soviet Union, in exchange for the dismantling of Soviet missile sites in Cuba. It was a gamble, trading away pieces on the global chessboard without the knowledge of the world. Amidst these tense negotiations, one wrong move could have led to devastation. The U.S. naval blockade of Cuba continued, and for 13 days, the world held its breath, not knowing that back-channel discussions were pulling us back from the precipice of war. Both leaders knew the cost of failure would be unspeakable as they conversed through private letters and trusted intermediaries. The breakthrough came when Khrushchev sent a message to Kennedy agreeing to remove the missiles from Cuba, with the understanding that the U.S. would not invade the island. Though not immediately disclosed, the U.S. also agreed to dismantle the missiles in Turkey. Secrecy was paramount, as the concessions could have been viewed as weakness by hardliners on both sides. The resolution of the Cuban Missile Crisis was as much about communication as it was about negotiation. The direct and private exchange between Kennedy and Khrushchev through a series of tense and cautiously optimistic letters, ultimately paved the path to a peaceful resolution. Indeed, the world had come unimaginably close to a nuclear exchange, 
a stark reality that humbled leaders and shaped the future of international relations. As the world exhaled following the harrowing Cuban Missile Crisis, the lens of history zooms in on the profound shifts in international politics that ensued. The near collision with nuclear war became a catalyst for change, pushing superpowers to reconsider the perilous path of their rivalry. In the immediate wake of the crisis, leaders sought to mend the fabric of global security that had nearly been torn apart. A significant outcome was the establishment of the Nuclear Test Ban Treaty in 1963, an arms control agreement prohibiting all test detonations of nuclear weapons except for those conducted underground. This treaty marked the first step towards the control of nuclear weapons and a move away from the ominous clouds of nuclear fallout. President Kennedy of the United States and Premier Khrushchev of the Soviet Union, sobered by how close they had come to devastating conflict, were instrumental in its inception. On the broader canvas of the Cold War, the crisis instilled a sense of restraint in both Washington and Moscow. As they navigated the taut dynamics of their standoff, communication channels like the hotline were established, creating a direct message link between the Kremlin and the White House. This facilitated a quicker and clearer dialogue in moments of tension, arguably reducing the risk of misunderstandings that could escalate into conflict. Over time, this period catalyzed a thaw in the Cold War, referred to as detente, resulting in further strategic arms limitation talks and treaties. The brush with disaster during the Cuban Missile Crisis had imparted a valuable lesson. The cost of brinkmanship could be the annihilation of humanity. The specter of that fateful October in 1962 lingered over these superpowers, influencing their international conduct for the remainder of the Cold War. Thank you for tuning in to the Daily History Podcast. If this journey through the tightrope tensions of the Cuban Missile Crisis captivated you, don't forget to subscribe for more historical explorations. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please leave your comments below with suggestions for upcoming episodes. The topic with the most likes will receive our special attention, potentially spotlighting it in a future episode. Your engagement fuels our passion for history. Until next time, Keep the past alive in your thoughts and conversations.